What do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you know, respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. And today we have a hashtag How Did We Meet episode. And I'm really excited because I haven't done one of these in what feels like forever. Although I did do one recently with Marshawn. You should check it out. It was fantastic. This episode is going to be completely new with somebody who I met in 2019. So very recently, and I'm really excited to dive into her background and her story. I think you guys, especially if you are entrepreneurs or podcasters or both, you will find a lot of valuable information here. My guest is coming live from Canada, which I find so interesting because she was in Georgia before, and we're going to talk about that. Um, She's from Canada. She's got her own podcast show, by the way, and it's called The Savvy Social Podcast. You should follow. They've got an IG page for that page, which is called Social Media for Podcasts. So basically, the podcast is about social media for podcasts, which I think is really cool. I might be making an appearance on that show soon. So stay tuned. And she's got her own, she's got her own completely own business that she runs and has been running for a while, which I think is amazing. And her IG handle, if you've got your phone out, get ready, is online Drea. So it's online D-R-E-A. Now my guess, her name, Andrea Jones, she is a social media, I guess, strategist, entrepreneur, extraordinaire guru and she's got she's got two really cute dogs and I'm just really excited to have her on because I saw her speak and I was I saw her on stage and I was like we need to be friends like we just we like that that needs to happen and she got off stage I got her card and we'll talk about how we met more later but I just knew I had to be connected with her and I love 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 that we've kind of circled to this moment where I get to feature her on my show and talk about her business and her life so without further ado Mrs. Jones, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. What a wonderful intro. I feel very flattered. Thank you. You're welcome. I like doing the intros. It's kind of like a a random riff of things that I like about the person that I find interesting and just like things that you've done. So where should we start? Should we start with how we met? Do you remember? Yes, it was at the DC PodFest. So you were speaking and you were on stage. So you, what was your topic? So I was teaching um, social media for podcasts and really narrowing in to um, creating content on social media because oftentimes for podcasts, we uh, podcasters, we love our shows, we love sharing them, but sometimes we don't really know how to really dive into um, how to showcase the benefits of our shows and, and really sell why people should listen to our podcast. We put so much creative energy into the actual show and kind of fizzles out for a lot of us on social media. So I was teaching my um, content system for uh, for posting on, on social media as a podcaster. Yeah, it's pretty genius. I love DC PodFest. I went last year and I went the year before and it was so much fun. And it was really cool seeing you there because you're... How, how far are you away in Canada from D.C.? So interestingly, I actually drove in for that trip nice. um, and it took about nine hours. So it's okay. not 
it's not so bad. Um, it, of course, once you get into the DMV area, traffic just like stops. <laughs> um, but it was it was about a nine hour drive, so it wasn't too bad. But I'm in um, Niagara Falls on the Canadian side. Love it. Yeah, I um I think Boston. I used to go to Boston a lot, and that's about nine nine and a half from where I live in Virginia. And it's it's a it's a nice drive. Did you listen to any podcasts on on that drive? Oh yeah, my my favorite one right now is Ten Percent Happier with Dan mm-hmm. Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a like a meditation podcast, mindfulness podcast, and like really, I've been obsessed with the brain lately and how our brains react to certain things. And and so he has a lot of experts on the show who talk about the human mind and the human brain. And I just, I've been finding that so fascinating lately. So on that drive, I got to catch up on like a ton of episodes that I missed. Hmm. That's interesting. So the, the, the long drive, the nine hours listening to a show about meditation, it didn't didn't make you tired? No, because I find it very interesting. Um, what does make me tired sometimes is listening to audiobooks, mm. um, especially if they're fiction audiobooks. So I've done that a few times as well, but I find it hard to concentrate on the storyline. So sometimes those I like zone out a little bit, but I'm so fascinated with this topic. I've been really studying it a lot lately. So it felt like I was working while I was driving because I felt like I was studying you know? Hmm. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I loved, I listened to so many books while I was driving back and forth from Boston to Virginia. Uh, it was back in like 2015, I had a project up there and I would just go up and down, up and down. And I listened to book after book and it's, you're right. I think the the fictional ones can be a little, they're, they're definitely different. I was listening to like comedians who had put together like a memoir or a compilation of stories and essays and like Mindy Kaling had a really funny book out at the time and a few other celebrities. So it's fun to listen to certain stuff on your drive, but I'm glad that you like that show. And I will put it in the show notes for people who are interested. And his book was really cool too, right? That was like a bestseller, The 10% Happier. Yes, yes. Um, and he has one that's um, meditation for fid- fidgety skeptics. Mm. Um, and so even I, I find that it really frames meditation very well. Um, I haven't read the whole book, um, but it, it really is a, a good insight into the benefits of meditation, especially for people who have this idea in their head that it's very religious, or if you think it's just like, you know, sitting in silence and, and thinking of nothing thing for hours on end um, because that sounds extreme. So I like his approach to um, meditation because uh, it's just kind of like being mindful about what's going on in your own mind. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I found that, you know, for me, meditation has been really, really important. And if you are somebody, I I was reading something that talked about like how if you're stressed out and you've got a lot going on in your mind and you've just been overwhelmed, that can like reduce your immune system and or lower it, I guess is probably the better term. And um, you don't want that, especially right now, right? People are super paranoid about being sick and the news is really stressful. So I definitely would say if there's any time to look into meditation, it it absolutely could be now. And if you are a skeptic or you are somebody who is fidgety or, you know, a little apprehensive, definitely check out his book because his, I remember reading this years ago. I think I got it from the library because I'm obsessed with the library, but I got it a while. And I thought he said in the beginning, if he's the same person, I think he is because my memory is kind of here and there. But he said that 
he worked. Wasn't he the one that got really sick or was on the news and something happened? Wasn't is that the same guy? Yeah. Do you remember? So he was a news anchor and I think he still is with ABC. Um, and he actually had a drug problem. I think it was, uh, I want to say it was cocaine or something like that. Um, not up and hip with the, with the drugs, but, uh, I think it was cocaine and he actually got to a point where he had a breakdown, like a mental breakdown on national TV. Um, and that kind of propelled him into this meditation journey. So for him, he and and I I find it interesting because he's such a high energy person and he has a lot of like masculine energy and he's kind of like what you think of when you think of like um like traditional males, especially traditional like white males. Um, but I like his openness to something like meditation. And I think the framing of it, I, it is very valuable, important for um, the, like a non-traditional person who like, you, you don't usually think of that kind of person talking about meditation. And so I like his approach to it and his just natural curiosity. And his history in journalism plays a lot into the show because he's very good at pulling stories from his guests and that sort of thing. So yeah, he had a very, he still does have a very big um, like presence as a media person. And for him to have that kind of catastrophic uh, event and then to turn it around into something that's beneficial and helpful to other people, I think that's just such a powerful story. So I'm inspired by that personally. So I've been meditating for three years and I've been um, contemplating um, getting certified as a meditation um, leader because I find it so important, even for social media, for what I do. I find that a lot of my clients and students get so, like, there's a lot of negativity on social media. It can feel like a bog. It can feel like this comparison thing. You can feel so many feelings, so many negative feelings when it comes to social media. So I think there's a way to approach it mindfully. And so I just really admire that kind of non-traditional approach to something like meditation. Yeah, and I agree. He's really cool. I liked his whole style. I liked how, you know, he really is somebody that can speak to a skeptic. And like you said, because he has a journalism background, he's able to pull factual data, you know, statistics. I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. I think a lot of us are, as well as the stories. And um, it is, there's not, a, there's not the whole woo-woo bit to it. You know, I've been practicing meditation since I got into yoga, which was in like high school, like circa... 2004. I didn't start meditating though until I got one of my first jobs and it was like 2011, 2012. And I was doing it with Deepak. He had his challenges, his meditation challenges. And I was doing them before Oprah got involved. And it was so interesting. And I was like, whoa, this is changing how I'm reacting in my my, my job. I was working with a bunch of dudes and they were always, <laughs> they were always playing games. They were always talking shit. And I would get I would, it was very jumpy. And I've talked about this before, but it really changed my reactions and it changed how I responded to people. And I really, really, really noticed a difference. And I went in with zero expectations. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I like Deepak. He seems like he knows what he's talking about. Let me try this. And um, and I think if there's any time to kind of start something like that, I guess it, it, it would absolutely be now. Um, I know we didn't go in to this conversation thinking we would talk about this, but maybe there's a reason why. I mean, I've I personally believe that this is a great time to try new things, regardless of what they are. You know, it could be sewing, it could be making pasta noodles from scratch, it could be 
planting plants. It, it, honestly, like it could be anything, but this is actually something that you can use and it helps your business. It helps your relationships. It helps your health and wellness. It's supposed to boost your memory, which should be the number one reason why I do it. Um, and it also makes you feel better. So if you are somebody who's looking for that, there's a ton of free challenges. And if you do, Andrea, if you do a certification program, let me know because I'm totally down to join. I've been saying I'm going to do it for like at least seven months now. So I'm down. Oh my gosh. I, that, I, this feels like very serendipitous because I, um, I, I'm absolutely kind of eyeballing a few different programs because I think that it's such a needed resource for folks. And we definitely need a variety of leaders talking about it. And mm -hmm. specifically since we're both women of color, I think there's a huge opportunity for us to bring it to our communities and to just kind of shine a light on something that, you know, people may think about it a certain way, um, just kind of broadening that horizon. So my approach to, to it is um, I love to do like one to five minute meditations and I do them daily. Um, I think I use the Headspace app. I think my longest streak without breaking was something like 180 days or something like that. So I take it very seriously. I no notice a huge difference just like you do when I don't meditate. Um, I find that I, my emotions just get out of whack. I'm a very emotional person. Um, and I'm like you too, being a little sensitive, like someone could say the wrong thing and I'm taking it completely the wrong way if I haven't meditated. And it just makes me feel more present and makes me feel more, I don't know, human and balanced. So I'm obsessed. So if I if I take this certification class, I will definitely let you know. Yeah, let me know. I think it's fun. Everybody's, um, everybody's always talking about different certifications and especially, you know, I'm in IT and so there's a lot of technical certifications and I'm always like, mm, I'd rather do a meditation one. And, and people are like, what? That isn't even, that's not gonna get you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but it's going to give me a lot more. And like you said, it's going to help broaden the uh, the people out there that are teaching this stuff because it doesn't have to be just like Buddhist monks or, you know, uh, older white guys from Boston because that's where I think TM started, transcendental, mm -hmm. transcendental meditation, which is super popular. I think Ellen was big into that. Um, and so there's all kinds of meditation, guys. Please look it up. It, there's so much stuff out there. Um, and if you are a skeptic, definitely check out the 10% uh, book and, and show because I'm sure it'll help you not be so much of a skeptic or at least be armed with the information so that you can, you know, calmly and assuredly say that you are a skeptic for ABC, you know what I mean? Reasons versus just being like, oh no, I'm a skeptic because it just sounds weird and hippy dippy and woo woo and, um, and whatever. Like you can go into this and kind of learn more. Um, but I do, you mentioned something earlier and it made me think about being near Niagara Falls and being here in kind of like the DC area. You, you, did you live in Georgia for your whole life and then move up North or did you live somewhere else before Georgia? So I was born in Miami um, oh. and lived there until I was about seven. And then I lived in Georgia for up until I was 24. <laughs> so uh, for a big chunk of my life. Um, I My mom worked for IBM at the time. And so they had, um, I think they something like they had opened up a new office or something with her job where that's why we moved from Miami to Atlanta. Um, and I love, I keep saying Atlanta, it's like outskirts of Atlanta, but I loved that like growing up there. It 
was such a fantastic experience for me. Um, I don't think I would be the same person if we stayed in Miami. Um, And because of my mom's great job, she actually was able to put us through private school and things like that. So yeah, I lived in Atlanta for uh, most of my life. And then when I met my husband was when I moved to Canada. And I have to say, that was a big change. Um, The biggest thing for me is the weather. Like I have never never experienced winter like this, and I've been here for six years now, and I still don't quite get it right uh, as far as like layers go and like predicting how far you can drive when there's ice on the ground and all of those things that go into winter. So I literally just don't leave the house, but there's quite a big difference weather-wise between Atlanta and this um, new Canadian life that I'm living. Um, but yeah, I, I lived most of my life in, in in the Atlanta area. Yeah, I, the East Coast is uh, probably my best, my best, my favorite. I think it's the best coast. Um, I love California too, but um, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of I don't know. I, there's a, there's a lot of differences between the North and the not North because I hate calling like well I don't know. DC is like kind of in the middle, I guess. I don't know, but Miami is definitely Southern. Um, and Georgia is Southern too. And there's so many differences between the people, the weather, the, the, the culture, the ha- everything, right? The history. Um, it's so varied up and down the, the East Coast. And that's one of the things I love most about it. So I'm, I'm glad that you're experiencing something new in a different place, but I know it can be challenging. So how are you, I want to talk about how you have been able to I guess, build a network of people, whether it's where you are now or staying in touch with the people who you knew in in Georgia, who you know back home and also online. Like how have you been able to build and I guess keep a really strong network? Yeah, I really struggled with that when I first moved. Um, I quickly realized that I was the type of person and I still struggle with this day where I... um, I'm very open to friends, but I don't put myself out there. So um, when it comes to like building my network, for instance, I usually wait for other people to make the first move. Like even with things like my husband and I relationship, he made the first move. Um, So I usually have very strong friendships with people, but kind of like going back through my brain on how that started, they usually made the first move. So when I first, when I moved here, I struggled with putting myself out there and raising my hand and just like chatting up people in coffee shops and seeing, um, you know, what they're like and that sort of thing. So it was almost like I had to start over again uh, with learning how to be friendly. I'm fairly introverted as well. Um, I like structure to my conversations, which is why podcasting works so well for me because it's kind of like we mutually agreed to show up and talk for this amount of time. Uh, But if it's just random, I really, really struggled with that. Um, Thankfully, my husband has a lot of friends. He's a very friendly person. And so my initial kind of relationships here were his friends. Um, There's still some of his friends who he doesn't even really hang out with, who I hang out with more, uh, more so. So that's great. Um, But the other thing that really made a huge difference for me was um, using the app Meetup 
So it's a website to meetup.com. And it's really great if you're in a new place, especially, or if you're recently single, or if you're just, your friends are going through transitions that you're not going through. So for instance, I don't have kids, but a lot of my friends have kids. So that's, you know, a bit of a a challenge sometimes. Um, So I use Meetup and I will say I went to probably like, I don't know, a dozen different ones and all of them were lame except for one which I still go to today, which was a book club. Um, It was a women's book club. And I just really connected with the ladies there. We were all about the same age. We liked the same books. They had been meeting for about a year before I joined in. And so I've been meeting with them for over four years now. Um, And that really changed my friend circle, like building friends for myself outside of my husband's friends. So using resources like meetup.com really helped me. Uh, But you kind of have to put yourself out there for that kind of stuff. And I will say too, for Meetup, because it's geared towards people who maybe don't have the network or friends, you get a lot of weirdos. Not going to lie. A lot of weirdos. But there also are some uh, genuine people, especially if they have just moved. So a lot of my kind of the why we connected because we all just moved to this area where we live. Um, and so it really did. We formed some really strong bonds. And, you know, we, we actually hang out more outside of the book club now than um, in the original meetup. So, yeah, meetup.com. I feel like it's a little commercial for meetup.com. <laughs> Honestly, I should be on their payroll. I talk about meetup so much. And I'm actually thinking of doing like a a tutorial for people on how to set up like their own meetup accounts, because I know that can be kind of daunting, but it's really, really helpful if you've moved somewhere new or if you are new to a certain stage in life, maybe you joined a new hobby group, right? I don't know. could be anything, bowling, knitting, doesn't matter. Or uh, maybe you've got a new dog or you're a new parent or you're in a new relationship or you're out of an old relationship. I mean, there's literally meetups for everything and whether, you know, different stages of life as well as, you know, a variety of interests. There are book clubs, there are chess clubs. You can learn how to paint. I know there are co-working ones. I mean, I'm part of a number of them all over the U.S. at this point because I've moved around so much and sometimes I forget to unjoin, but there are some really good meetups. And I did the same thing when I moved to SoCal. I was like, okay, um, now what? And I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone. I knew one person, um, but I didn't technically know her. She was just a special agent for the DEA where I worked. And I had never met her except that one time. Right. And uh, I didn't have anybody and I had to go on meetup and join groups and show up. And, you know, that's really the hardest thing. You know, making the first move is hard. Showing up is hard. Keeping the relationship going is hard. I feel like I meet people a lot, but I end up carrying a lot of my relationships um, where I'm, you know, constantly reaching out and following up and saying hello and stuff like that. I've, I've trained myself to do that. So I think it's a skill that I've kind of um, a muscle that I've, I've uh, exercised over and over and over. Um, so I just kind of have that thought. Like if I were to see something, if I were to go to Target tomorrow, which obviously I, I probably shouldn't because of the whole, you know, stay at home order. But if I were to go to Target and life was good, um, I would go to Target. And if I saw like a pillow or something and it said Andrea, or it said something like with an A or something like that, um, I've taught myself to think of that person and then take a picture or send it to them or, you know what I mean? And do things like that. And that has helped me to keep some of those relationships going. But yeah, it's, it's so hard to start 
when it comes to networking and getting new friends and new places. So I'm glad that you found that group and you showed up and you've continued those relationships. And also poaching friends from your friends and family is a fantastic skill. That's, it's a great thing to have. I've done that many, many times. My sister's friends, they're, you know, next thing you know, I'm friends with them and they're friends with my friends and sharing is caring, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, um, it, it is the keeping that relationship going that is so important too. Uh, that's actually a skill that I learned from my husband. He is so good at thinking of people and reaching out and messaging people. And um, I'm not the best at that. I get caught up in my own little world just like everybody else. So um, it, I love that you said that it was kind of like a uh, a skill that you had to fine tune by practice Um, because it's reassuring for someone like me who I still feel like I'm not quite getting it, but you just got to keep doing it is what I'm hearing from you. So um, yeah, I'm going to keep doing that. I'm curious to hear from you though um, with the stay-at-home orders. Um, How are you handling? Because I feel like you're very people-y. That's one of the reasons I originally connected with you because I, you were so warm and welcoming and I felt like I already knew you just kind of meeting you for the first time. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on like with the way things currently are. Um, how do you maintain some of those relationships, you know, virtually if you're not going to see someone for a while? Yeah, it's... <laughs> First, I love when people ask me questions on the show. It makes it so much more fun. So thank you for asking. Um, for me, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because I like to be out and about. And, you know, it, it sucks that I can't go and do as I would please. Um, I can't go and celebrate things. And um, a lot of people in my group, we recently got raises at work. We can't go celebrate anything. And, you know, it, there's, it sucks. There's a lot of that I want to do. It's spring. We've been waiting. I've, I've been suffering with the seasonal depression of it being dark all the time. I really struggle with that. And um, now that the sun is coming out more, I want to be out and I want to drive my car and, you know, have fun. But yeah, there's, that's, that's not happening. So one of the things I've been doing is I've been really working hard on some of my goals and focusing like, hardcore on them. It's been so cool. And it's been such a blessing that I've been able to have the bandwidth mentally and also with my schedule to do that. Like sitting down, I've been going through information, finishing courses, um, compiling data, spreadsheets, organ- I mean, it's just wild, the stuff that I've been able to accomplish. Um, but as far as my relationships, one of the things I did, and actually, if you follow Ellen, it's funny, I brought her up twice now. Ellen did this. And it's funny because I did the same thing. Like, a few days before she posted, uh, but Ellen was calling like her f- celebrity friends on on her phone, and then like videotaping it and putting them on speaker. And she called like Jennifer Aniston just like for no reason, just to just to say hi. She had Jennifer Aniston on speaker, and she's like, "Hey, Jen," and Jen's like, "Hey, Ellen," and they kind of chit chatted for a while, and it was so funny. But I did I did the exact same thing. I went through my phone and I started sending voice notes and. Um, I would go on IG and send voice memos there too to just like anybody who I had talked to in the last, you know, that came up is like maybe the, the top like 20 or so people. I had like an hour, I was bored and it was like my decompressed time. And so I went on the list and I was just like, hey, so-and-so, how's it going? And I, because I do that, 
semi-regularly anyway. I kind of just pick up where we left or I'll talk about something that I saw them post recently or, you know, if they had a birthday or if they have a new puppy or if they, you know, whatever, I'll talk to them about it or I'll just check in. And that's how I've been staying in touch is just like voice noting, voice memoing people randomly. Uh, People love it. That's what I found. Yeah. I, and that sticks out in my head now too, because after DC PodFest, we exchanged some voice messages on Instagram. And I think it's one of those personal touches that helps you stay top of mind with me and me stay top of mind with you. And it really did um, kind of set the tone for us staying in contact because um, I met a lot of people at that event and maybe a handful of them I still kind of keep in touch with. So I like that that's just kind of part of your routine and, um, you know, it's such a good way to use some of these digital resources that we have available to stay connected with folks. I'm not as brave as you and like, I'm not as brave as Ellen to do phone calls. Um, That still gives me the heebie-jeebies sometimes, but I will do a voice note any day. Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad. And you know what? It does take a little bit of of bravery to do that because, you know, you don't know what people are doing. I mean, most of us aren't psychic. We can't say, oh, well, so-and-so is about to sit down to eat. So probably shouldn't go. Like, we don't know. And so sometimes it feels like we're interrupting someone or we are intruding on someone when we just randomly call them. And some people, you know, if some people I've learned really have a structure. And I've learned sometimes now that I'm that person. I don't always like spontaneity when it comes to people hitting me up. Sometimes I like to know ahead of time so that I have the, the, the mental capacity or the time to sit there and kiki with them uh, for a little bit. So, um, you know, it, it, it does take a little bit of bravery to do that. But I think when you practice and you kind of, you know, you see little kids do this all the time. And I did this when I was a kid. I'm sure every so often you would do it or you would see little kids doing it where little kids would go up to somebody and just ask them a question, like a little kid, or just yell it. And they'll just be like, hey, hey blah, 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 blah. And they ask a question or, Hey, my name is so-and-so. What's your name? Like kids have zero, like zero shame. They just go up to people and you don't have to be obviously like a a two-year-old or I guess not a two-year-old, but like, you know, a little kid and go up to people with that sort of blunt abrasiveness. You can finesse this, but going in with this mindset of, of course, they're going to call me back. Of course, they want to talk to me. Of course, they're going to respond positively. And you just go in assuming that it really does change I think the the mode and the mood for that conversation versus having like that anxiety that you're bugging them, you're intruding or you're taking up their time or they're not going to call you back or they don't want to talk to you. And those kind of things I think can come up for a lot of people too. So um, it does take a little bit of bravery, but I think with practice, you can, um, you can learn to focus on you know, it's just like, I guess kind of like when you, when you pitch stuff, um, like maybe even for that DC podcast thing, did you pitch to speak or did they reach out to you? Yeah, I ended up pitching to speak. Um, and I had gone through basically all of the podcasting events for the year and bookmarked them and pitched to speak when it, they were calling for speakers. So yeah, it is definitely uh, planning ahead for that and kind mm. of putting yourself in the best light, you know, Um And thankfully, with something like that, too, I already had the talk prepared and I had given it before. So that also makes it a lot easier to put myself Mm -hmm. out there if I've done it before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I know you missed out. When I talked to you the other week, you mentioned a lot of speaking events have been canceled. So are you doing anything instead or have they pushed back some of these dates until later this year? 
everything's just like on pause. Like it's basically like we hit a giant pause button until we know more information. Um, even events like uh, podcast movement, which isn't until August, is they, they um, reached out, like I applied to speak and they sent an email to all of those who applied and said, we're not going to announce any speakers or confirm right now because we're unsure it, how long this will last. So it is wild what we're going through right now with the coronavirus and um, kind of like these stay-at-home orders and they kind of vary by state by province here in Canada. Um, So be curious to see what happens for the in-person events. There has been an increase in virtual opportunities. And of course, podcasts like this are such a great way to kind of continue some of that work that I was doing. But yeah, I've been really focusing in on the virtual events and kind of took me a few weeks to like get back on my feet again because some of my, like one of my clients had a big event that was supposed to be happening in two weeks in uh, Richmond, Virginia, that is just not happening now. So it was like all of the promotion that we were doing on social media for her, we had to stop posting and then redo all of that content because it didn't make any sense. And she's having to like redo her entire business model, which is uh, based on meeting in person. Um, So yeah, it's been a a lot of shifting. but I, I think we're actually positioned for success. So you and I know how to you know, talk virtually and keep conversations going and keep connections going and, and, and share what we know. Um, so I think there's going to be a huge opportunity for folks like us to teach everyone else how to do this because um, it is possible to continue some of these things as much as we can virtually. Um, so be interesting to see what comes of this uh, going into the summer. I know for sure that all of the April and May events that I was scheduled to speak at have been canceled. Um, and then going all the way to August, like podcast movement, they haven't announced the speakers yet, but they're hesitant to do anything at this point because they're not sure how long this is going to last. Um, and I, I think that's good for them too, not to kind of get ahead of themselves. It's I'm, it's not like they can sell tickets right now either because people are kind of in a little bit of a panic mode. Um, but I really do hope that this um, virus clears up soon because it's getting very scary out there. Um, so I'm just kind of, I'm hiding in my house. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But I think you're right. And I think you're onto something with this, um, with this whole bit of, you know, how we are online and we're virtual. We're used to doing things virtual. I saw a lot of people struggling with Zoom and I'm like, girl... I use Zoom all the time because I I have been and I do. And um, it's just something that not a lot of people are used to. Same with Google Hangouts and uh, doing things online. The, the Netflix uh, party, party plugin was pretty cool to see that kind of go down. But, you know, it's interesting that people aren't privy to how to communicate online. And that's what I'm going to be spending a lot of my time with my business doing is trying to help people who were social distancing before coronavirus hit and who want to stop doing that, right? So that they can actually have better relationships and friendships and better business collabs and stuff like that as the year goes on, because we have goals and, you know, it doesn't matter where we're at with our businesses or our careers, all of us have some kind of a goal. So now is a really good time to hone in on some of these skills, right? It's like, you really don't have, unless, you know, you are directly affected as far as like having a family member or somebody that's ill or that's going through this or struggling or immunocompromised, stuff like that. 
that. Um, a lot of us are, are really fortunate and um, we have the bandwidth to learn and to grow. So I think it's a really good time to do that. And obviously, you know, shout out to anybody who is struggling right now because that's it's, it's really hard. And I've been trying to watch the news, but also trying not to watch the news because it is, it's overwhelming. It's definitely overwhelming when you see things um, happening. We, we watched it in Korea. We watched it in China. We watched it in Italy. We watched it in other places and now in Spain. And now it's, it's, it's our turn and it's, um, it's a bit, it's a bit wild. So I'm very, look, I'm very much looking forward to this. So I want to ask you like, all I keep thinking about is what I'm going to do when this is over. So what are you going to do? Are you going to take a trip? Are you going to do like, do you have anything that you're thinking about doing all the time? You know, I, I don't, I don't want to take a trip. Um, I'm actually, I did a lot of traveling last year. So my introverted self was slightly relieved that I had to cancel some of these trips because I got a little overzealous. Uh, I, I was already feeling a little burned out on the travel side of things. So um, my husband Ben and I want to buy a new house. And so, but we can't like all of those services are closed right now. So you know, we're we're looking forward to listing our house. We planned on listing listing in May, so we'll see if that still happens. Um, and like you know, packing up this house, moving to the next one. I uh, will still stay in the same area, just different house. Um, but honestly, I'm looking forward to just the day to day normal life things that I previously undervalued. So for me, because I work from from home, I really like going out to eat on the weekends, especially in the summer when you can sit on a patio because the winter is so miserable. Like you said, it's so dark. And, um, you know, by the time the sun is shining, you just want to get out. And so that's what I'm feeling like. I want some margaritas. I want some tacos. I want to sit on a patio somewhere and listen to live music and have some friends and eat nachos and that's that's what I'm really gonna. I feel like I'm gonna spend the whole summer doing that and just like being thankful that you know we can be let out whenever we're allowed to go out again. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. What about you? Are are you? Did you have any travel plans rescheduled or anything like that? No, I uh, I didn't. I hadn't had anything planned. My sister had her baby a couple weeks ago, and so we are in baby mode with my whole family helping her out and stuff. So I didn't have anything really planned for Q2 travel wise, but I do like to take a trip every quarter. And, um, I don't know. My, I've been FaceTiming my friends in Cali a lot and they'll go walking or they'll go to 7-Eleven for like Gatorade or something. And I'll see them walking and I'm like, Oh my God, it looks so perfect. Um, and then today, um, we're recording this on April 7th and April 7th is my sister Shanice's wedding anniversary. And she got married three years ago today in Mexico. It was Puerto Morales, Morales, what, yeah, whatever. We, it was, it was really nice. And it was this resort and we had, I had this sick suite because they screwed up my room. Uh, my friend and I, and I got, I literally had like a, a two story like townhouse on this resort. I had a crazy view. I had my own hot tub. Like it was wild. And the place was like stunning. And so I looked at those pictures and I'm like, ah, I need to go. I need to go back. I need to go. I want to go to the Caribbean. Like I want to go to so many places, but I agree with you on the food. I love eating out. I love being able to have drinks and, and, and celebrate happy hours. And I've met a lot of people at bars and, you know, corporate type situations at happy hours after work. And then, you know, just regular people, um, that turn into friends. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great networking events and networking opportunities when you go out and you have fun. I, I go to a lot of wineries. 
Mm. um, out here. And so I haven't been able to do that. And uh, I love, I love doing that. It's like getting into nature and also drinking and spending time with your friends. It's like all of my favorite things put together. So that's definitely on the list too. Um, but you mentioned, you mentioned working from home and I did want to talk about your business before we, and I want to talk about your business and I want to talk about your show. So people have a better idea of what you do. I know you, you talk about social media, um, but I want to hear more about how you make a living and what you spend your, your daytimes doing. Yeah. So there are two different sides of the business. There's what I'll call the agency side. It's more of like a boutique, um, implementation agency. So for those small business owners, mostly online entrepreneurs who um, really need to take social media off their plate, my team and I does that for them. So we're posting on Instagram, we're, you know, taking their maybe Facebook live and turning it into a YouTube video, or we're pinning for them on Pinterest or tweeting out um, thought leadership type content for them on Twitter. Um, So we are their kind of first uh, impression online. So that's where I spend the bulk of my time, I would say probably about 70 to 80% of my time is on the client work. Um, And then I also teach social media as well in the Savvy Social School. So that is my membership program where um, maybe those online entrepreneurs or small business owners aren't yet to the point where they can outsource it to an agency. So they're learning how to do social media for themselves. Um, And my kind of process is really streamlined. It's that mindful approach. So not being on all the time. Uh, So one of the things that I teach is, for instance, um, don't have notifications turned on. I don't have notifications turned on for a lot of my social. Um, I check it regularly, but it's kind of like that mindset piece of not being available all the time because you have work to do. We all have work to do. Um, So social media as a tool to build your business, but not taking over your whole life is kind of the strategies that I teach there. So yeah, those are the two sides of the business. I will say now that there's a lot of people at home, maybe some of the people who have been laid off or are out of work. Like I have a friend who um, works for Starbucks and they are very generous with their employees in the fact that they're still getting their regular pay. They're just not working right now. So people like that who have a lot of extra time um, are actually taking the opportunity to join some of my programs and learn how to, you know, use Instagram stories without showing their face or learn how to, you know, start up their Facebook pages and that sort of thing. So um, it's really interesting to see how these things are shifting right now. Um, but that that's where I spend my time, this kind of geeking out over social media stuff. Hmm. Okay. I, I've never thought about doing IG stories without showing my face before. What's that all about? Yeah, that's one of my favorite classes to teach because um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not always IG story ready, you know? Like <laughs> some days it's not looking cute. Um, and so especially if you have a business, there are some things you can do like design little graphics or create videos that are still original content. So you still own it. It's still yours. You're still promoting your business, but you're not showing your face on the camera. And this really works well for people who have like even larger businesses as well, where there's a company and it's not just one person, but they still want to use Instagram stories. So I teach how to do that in the school, Um, but it's essentially like creating your own content for Instagram. Yep. 
Hmm. Okay. I will definitely have to check you out. That is, um, it's very interesting. I've been actually learning a lot about IG stories and how to use IG stories as a, as a way to sell and market a bit more professionally. Um, and, uh, it's so interesting. It's so crazy how these tools really, I mean, like you said, social media, you've got to be careful because it's a lot of fun, even though we're using it for business reasons. You know, they were originally, I think almost all of them were originally for purely personal social reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, except I guess maybe LinkedIn. But even LinkedIn was different, you know, eight years ago or whenever it started versus now. Mm-hmm. So it's evolved and things have changed and there's so much going on. So we do have to monitor how we're spending our time because we could absolutely be on our phones all day long. I got a notification from Apple and it's like, your usage has, I'm like, you know what? Shh, don't. <laughs> Don't, don't. I do not need that kind of negativity right now in my life. I know, I know I'm on my phone a lot. I do, I know, I know. It's it's what I'm doing. Um, but we are on our phones more and we do have more time for that. So we have to be careful. Um, so I will... If you want, I can put that link in my show notes and have everybody who's interested check you out, at least see what you're offering if they're interested or they know somebody who is. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you said, um, social media, like it's literally designed for us to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, but if we're going in with the mindset of building our business, it's totally different than you know scrolling at the end of the day, looking at cute dogs maybe that's just me, but um, <laughs> it, it is a different kind of outcome that you're looking for. And I've just noticed a lot of negativity lately. Like there's this trend right now where people will say they're deleting Instagram off their phone or they're deleting the Facebook app and they make a big announcement about it. And then a couple weeks later, they're back. And then a couple weeks later, they're deleting it again. And it's like, I feel like that's not really solving any issues. Um, and so one of my kind of personal missions, my my personal little uh, soapbox that I'm going to stand on is really diving into the foundation of your relationship with social media and really understanding why you do what you do and really cultivating that experience so that you enjoy it, so that you're happy to log on and that you actually find that it's useful for you instead of feeling like you're completely out of control for the entire situation. So yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, I don't even have that Apple notification turned on because I don't I don't want to know. I really don't need to know that information. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I should probably turn that off. At first, it was interesting because it was a newer feature, um, or at least it was a newer feature to me. I don't know. It was. I was. It's not. It hasn't been that long that I've been getting those push notifications about the time thing. And at first. It was kind of, you know, the same every week and slight fluctuation here and there, but now it's like drastic increases. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay, let's not let this become a trigger. We're going to have to turn this off because I don't want to feel bad. Um, I do think I'm balancing and I think a lot of us are doing our best and that's really all that we can ask. Um, But I think you're absolutely right. We've got to figure out how to how to best balance for our individual situations and stuff and, you know, and not be too hard on ourselves because this is... um, I've, I've definitely been noticing giving myself a little more ease um, and a little bit more of a break every so often and listening to my body more. So, And like you said, that kind of circles back to the meditation piece in the beginning because when you start meditating, you start paying attention to things more. You can tell when your mind is racing. You can tell when your heart is racing. You can tell when you're fidgety. You notice things so much faster and on such a heightened level than when you just kind of 
keep it moving and you know what I mean? Just kind of mm-hmm. live and, and you don't focus on that. So I think there's a lot of benefits to that. And if um, anybody is interested, I will drop some links in the show notes for that as well. Um, but I do want people while they have their phones out, hopefully they followed your Instagram online, Drea at, oh, at online Drea on Instagram. But do you have your, um, your podcast people can pull up and, and subscribe to real quick? Yeah, absolutely. So wherever you're listening to this show, just search for Savvy Social Podcast. Savvy with V's Social Podcast. Um, And it's on every single podcasting app. And I'll take a moment to talk as well about my new project recently launched last week, Mm -hmm. uh, which is called the Social Media Unwind. So it is a mindfulness meditation series for digital entrepreneurs and online content creators. And there's only two meditations out right now, uh, but it kind of falls in line with my, my uh, kind of desire to bring meditation to more people. Um, the very first meditation is really focused on understanding that relationship that you have with social media, especially if you create content online, like you're a podcaster or a YouTuber, or if you're building a business online. Um, I think sometimes we kind of mix that um, using social for a personal life and using it for business, and we feel conflicted by those two things. So you can find that on any um, app as well. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it will be on all of the apps. You can just search for Social Media Unwind. Ooh, I like that. That is so cool. I'm glad you shared that. It really does actually circle the whole conversation back around. That's awesome. Um, I will absolutely check that out and I will put that in the show notes as soon as it drops. And if you have any promotional materials for that, definitely share it with me so I can share it with my audience so that we all remember. But hopefully they're following you by now on both of your platforms or on both of your accounts. So I am so glad that we got to sit down and have this conversation. This was a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been one of my favorite podcasts because it felt, it really did feel like just a conversation. And I, I really, really like this show and I appreciate the time that you put into it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Totally conversational. We try to keep it chill sometimes. Sometimes we get into it, but we have to balance. We have to balance. And um, I'm really excited to check out this Unwind show. So yeah, I'm going to absolutely be checking that out. Um, because it's so important right now. Um, but if you guys have any questions, if you have any feedback, if you want to know more about how to balance, if you want to know more about social media, podcasting, um, any of that, right? The balance between the two, managing yourself in social media. Maybe you're like, whoa, I need to learn how to do IG stories without showing my face because I always look busted because I never put my makeup on anymore. This may be your time to learn this stuff. So definitely check out Andrea's websites and uh, her links in her bio. And uh, if you're listening to this, make sure you send a screenshot and tag us so that we can give you a shout out on our IG pages because I love it when people do that. It literally makes my day. Um, And if you're listening to this and you know somebody who's obsessed with social media, maybe they're an entrepreneur, maybe they're a podcaster who has a social media account, this would be one of those great opportunities to send them this episode. Sharing is caring. I appreciate it. And um, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in a lot of things with the show. And it makes me know that you guys are listening and enjoying this content. So we're going to go live on Instagram in a few days. If you're listening to this as soon as it drops, thank you. But also come back to my Instagram page. Go to, by the way, I did change it. I'm going to keep saying this. I did change my IG handle. It is now Whitney Danielle Co underscore. So that's my new IG 
I'm coming up in the game. Um, you can find me on Instagram. We'll go live there. Um, in a couple of days, I'll bring Andrea on. We'll go live. If you have questions or you want to talk about stuff um, regarding social media or Canada, I don't care. Come on, ask us questions, hang out with us, bring some wine if you want, and we will we'll reconvene there. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yay. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.